Welcome to the Revive Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful having you listening to our discussion as we unpack last week's sermon and discuss how it impacts our daily lives. My name is Sean Thomas. I'm an associate campus pastor here at Neighborhood Church, and we believe that the Word of God is relevant and helpful for all time, even today. And sometimes our souls can be weary, but the Word can revive us. Just like Psalm 138.7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. And so each week we curate and create resources to help people thrive in Christ. And that's all available on our website at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. Well, we're back with the dream team here. We got Pastor Mike. Hello. Hey, Pastor Mike. And we also have Pastor Justin. Good to be with you, Sean and Mike. Yeah, good to see you guys. Merry Christmas, I should yes. say. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. We are in the throes of the Christmas holiday. We got about a, a less than a week yeah. until Christmas Day. Do you guys got your shopping done? Yeah, you don't even talk about it. <laughs> I saw that meme on, uh, I don't know if you've seen the meme of, it's the Baby Yodas and it has how every the two Baby Yodas, one is opening a present and happy and the other one looks surprised and the one opening the present is the kids and the one opening the... The one looking surprised is the dad. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. He doesn't for us. know what I don't, they got. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. that is uh, true, at least in our household. Um, so I'm so uh, grateful for my wife yes. for making Christmas great. I don't know about you guys at home listening on the podcast, but maybe you have your own unique setup for who buys the <laughs> gifts, who writes yeah. the cards, and who puts together the Barbie Dream House at yes. 2 a.m. <laughs> Christmas I, I, Eve. Yeah, I guess I put, I put in in the earlier years. Oh, dad. Well, oh, yeah. I, had I was the assembly required guy. 2 a.m. So. things. How do we get this thing together? Is it possible? <laughs> yeah. And the instructions are in 10 different languages on multiple pages. And make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just want pictures. Just pictures. But it was a lot cheaper than now. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's for sure. Well, for those of you listening, if you couldn't Sorry. tell, we're having a, we're keeping it loose today, but it's it's our year-end podcast. This is actually episode 50, a little bit of a, a anniversary for us, and we're loving the Revive podcast. Come next year, things uh, might be a little revamped, uh, format might be a little different, but we're always going to have our pastors speaking and unpacking, um, whether the sermon topic or various topics that, uh, that we're concerned about. Um, but for those of you listening, if you were there on Sunday, great. If you weren't, the passage that we went over was Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So if you want to pause for a moment, open up your Bible or your Bible app, read that. Okay, we're back. Hopefully you paused and then you're back. So we're talking about the wise men um, who traveled from afar, just like the song goes. Um, But I want to ask you guys, you pastors, a general question. What was a time in your life that you anticipated something. And because it's the Christmas season, um, maybe it's when you were a kid anticipating a gift or a Christmas celebration, or even as an adult, if you had like a a fun present for your kids or you were surprised, you're like, I wonder what my kids are getting. (laughs) What was a time in your life when you were anticipating something? Wow, it's, uh, I mean, there I can go through so many stories. Uh, As a kid, I loved Christmas. And then started not to love it because of the issues with my family. But I would always anticipate Santa coming, mm. and our family did that. Um, and and looking at the stocking and what the fun little gifts were there, and waiting for the what could be underneath the tree. And uh, you know, I have my moments where I gave way to anticipation and tore the corner off <laughs> to see what was in there. Yes. Got in super trouble. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, but it's, you know, and even, but and as I grew in our own kids, I just love to build the anticipation yeah. with, uh, with my kids and get them excited about what if maybe and mm. fun of that. And, and now as, you know, older, I, I anticipate the great fun with family and grandkids and the joy of the moment and the, the, um, uh, you know, fun pretend about Santa and and all of those different things that yeah. kids love to make believe, and yeah. so it's fun to it's a magical time. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And so that's. I mean, I, I look and I look forward to that now. Just and I yeah. look forward to you know, obviously celebrating Christmas as a church and yeah. the the joy of of what all of what Christ means. Yeah, and you know, it, it does take it back to the wise men, but you know, here they were. It, whether it was prophecies or the miraculousness of the star or whatever it was, something led them to Bethlehem. Yeah. And they spent most likely a long journey of anticipation of what they might see. Yeah. And as, as the story unfolds and they actually encounter Christ, it is a an ominous scene because here are these wise men who were um, regal, uh, powerful, incredible people who every kingdom wanted them because they were so knowledgeable. Mm. Here they are. Uh, they fall down and worship this baby, yeah. this child, Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. exciting. And the flip side of an- anticipation is dread. <laughs> and uh, that's, mm. I think, a sen- little bit of Herod's sense there mm-hmm. is he's, um, and I studied, I didn't know this. I mean, I knew he was paranoid because he killed one wife and multiple t- think two or three sons, Mm -hmm. depending on who's counting, um, of to protect his power. But specifically, he feared invasion from the East. And so that's an extra level of anxiety. And he always wanted to be recognized as king of the Jews, um, even though he he wasn't Jewish. Uh, He even married a Jewish high priest's daughter to kind of get in with the Jewish people and it was never recognized. And so, yeah, so he had a different kind of anticipation Hmm. uh, during that time as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I always think about, Mike, to your point about kind of the magical time of Christmas and especially with kids. When we were little, we would have the Advent wreaths Mm -hmm. or the calendars that we would count down. And I feel like between so in my family uh, we could not listen to christmas music nor decorate until the day after thanksgiving so it was kind of like you know the inauguration of like okay you know and you know that's like about 30 days ish you know give or take whenever mm-hmm. thanksgiving falls uh, between that day and christmas and i remember it feeling like forever <laughs> like you know months and months worth you know where really it was just 30 days you know and each time it was like oh do we tear off the chain of the advent calendar you know in the morning or in the evening like which makes it feel less long yeah. you know <laughs> and there is that that you know that that wonderful sense of anticipation and and um and that it's hard for us sometimes it's hard for us to to anticipate to wait to um, to expect, um, and so yeah, so that's very much. It seems like at that time there's the gambit of emotions, whether yeah. it's the wise men themselves anticipating mm-hmm. coming from. I think you were saying it, uh, it could have been a seventh month journey. Some w- yeah. conjecture. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. depends on where you're having them come from. But I think it's 700 miles from Babylon. If that's where they were from, we don't yeah. know where exactly they were from. But yeah, yes, yeah. and that's a crazy. huge commitment. You know, yeah, and I'm. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sure even when they were uh, a ways away, there was probably Herod was probably hearing about it. Like, hey, there's a huge, you know, cavalcade of characters coming right. in from the from the east. And who is it? I think Pastor Mike, you were saying, or somebody was saying, like the 
um, made the analogy of like the Prince Ali, you know, and uh, Aladdin. Yeah. When, when Aladdin, um, he, he uh, makes a wish to become a prince and it's that huge entourage mm-hmm. that enters like yeah. – that was probably ish, you know, kind yeah. of maybe not all the monkeys and the fruits and whatnot, but there was a lot of anticipation <clears throat> that Herod was saying like, hey, there's a huge group of people like a week out. What are we going to do about it? Right. And so, Herod, do you think he was already planning on – like did he have murder on the mind, so to speak? I think like, he, he always had – I think he always had murder on the mind yeah. or at least, you know, at least self-protection, whatever he mm-hmm. took because – I believe he was able to navigate, and I'd have to look this up for sure, but he was able to navigate multiple Caesars. So, like, you know, like, usually when the new guy comes in, the old guys and their allies lose their head. But Herod was shrewd enough where he hopped to a couple different ones. Like, he was able to persuade, no, no, yeah, it was his guy, but I can be your guy, too. I th- wow. And so he was, he was a very shrewd politician. Um, so I think, you know, that was probably always his angle of... Of just trying to to, to, to keep yeah. himself in power, no. um, but I, I mean, I don't know if that happened until I, I think the fateful word is King of the Jews, you yeah. know, and then and then he's like, oh, okay, they're not here for me, yeah, <laughs> so because he's yeah. born King of the Jews, <laughs> and I assume he was aware of like the Davidic lineage and things like that. You would think that he would. I mean, I don't know how much he did. Said he had to go to in the, our our text tells us he had, he went to this to the scribes and the hmm. religious leaders to find out when Messiah would be born. I mean, you know, some say he had a Messiah complex. Hmm. Um, that that you know, when it says born King of the Jews, that is a direct reference to the anticipated Messiah King that Old Testament talks about. Yeah. This one prophet priest King that would come. And connect better, connect people to God, better rally God's people and be this one ruler that would be the ultimate. And whether he desired to be that, Herod, we don't know, but he was an incredible builder. I mean, he hmm. built so much. I mean, you can go to Masada today. That's that's Herod's hand. I mean, not literal hand. He caused it to be right, built. Right. Uh, Caesarea is another place, a port city that had... I mean, it was it was incredible. It had you know sewer systems and water systems and aqueducts and, yeah. and amphitheaters in Jerusalem. He re- rebuilt the temple, and some say it was even more extravagant than Solomon built when Solomon originally built it. Now, David wow. wanted to, yeah. King David wanted to, but God said no. Too much yeah. blood in your hands here. You Solomon will build that, and mm-hmm. and Solomon <clears throat> spared no expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was uh, uh, and Herod built even better. Uh, temple in that, so you can imagine that that you know he yeah. wanted to he wanted to that make himself great. Yeah. Uh, there was one of our um, one of our elders, former elders, but once an elder, always an elder here, uh, Foraker Smith. He uh, he was uh, he was sharing in our life group a while back that uh, he found an article that Herod uh, was a was a smaller man, kind huh. of a Napoleon type complex person, oh, <laughs> where he was having to exude himself. <laughs> yeah, and they I, I did read that they had uncovered his. Uh, sarcophagus oh, wow. at one point. And so I'm, I, I, but it didn't say anything about his height. So I, I mean, Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. we, all this is a conjecture. What, what we sure. need to go off of it for truth is what the word of God says. And, yeah. and he was troubled. Mm-hmm. And, and when he, when he heard this news about the, about these kingmakers coming to find 
the king of the Jews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, troubled because he, as Justin said, he was the self-proclaimed king of the Jews. Now, he was not a king in a kingly line. Mm-hmm. There was no a royalty in him. He was appointed yeah. and then took on, I'm king, you know, yeah, and right. uh, kind of like he was the 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 given king uh, the the rightful king of Israel, and uh, and but he was troubled. He was uh, distraught and yeah. shaken, and this really hit him. So yeah, yeah. his anticipation was ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's what's I think it's interesting that all of either Jerusalem or Israel was troubled with him. Yeah, and and they wouldn't be troubled that there's one born king of the Jews. They're troubled because Herod's troubled, mm. and when Herod's troubled, there's yeah. trouble. You know, yeah, so. In in uh, in my time, I, I did unpack that just a tiny bit and yeah. talked about the you know because it's curious why would all of Jerusalem be troubled and part of it I believe is what Justin just said that you know when, if Herod's not not happy nobody's happy and yeah. uh, Herod was rarely happy but but there is also this possibility about you know the when Herod asked you know where's the Messiah going to be born they came up boom. Bethlehem. They they knew their stuff. They knew their stuff. So in my mind, if they knew where he was, why weren't they watching? Why weren't they there? Why weren't yeah. they excited or going after this? Because this is a core uh, belief and a core value of Judaism, of Old Testament Judaism, to wait yeah. for Messiah. And it was it was anticipated, looked forward to. Yeah. You know, every Passover meal. I mean, all these things were were pointing towards mm. this deliverer, this rescuer, this one that would come. Yeah. And even to the point where, in Jesus' time, you know, they were they were wondering, is he going to be you know over, overthrow Rome? Yeah. I mean, they were, and those thoughts had been continued. So, <laughs> you know, what? my conjecture with that is that they they had lost sight. Yeah. Just I, like we do, you know, totally. in faith, we kind of like, oh, you know. We stop coming to church because of COVID. We stop uh, worshiping God. We stop reading our Bible. And before you know, we're kind of going, well, I mean, you know, Christianity was a diff- distant thing now. And mm, yeah. Maybe to them, faith in Messiah, faith in God had become more of a thing of rules instead of that. Yeah. And like ritual, like almost like almost like exercise or, or, or rote kind of things that you do, you know, and it's interesting because there's... People talk about um, like respecting religion or, oh, I go to church, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's the proper thing to do or it's right. And it's like, yeah, I think, you know, a, a lot of, um, uh, of folks in more Catholic or liturgical traditions will hearken to almost like the mechanics of religion and, and there's that there's a goodness in the repetition of things, which I think is true, which, you know, like exercise, like exercising a muscle, there's goodness in that. But I think to... To what you were saying, Pastor Mike, like, yeah, like, but when does it become wallpaper? You know, when does your faith become wallpaper and it's not, there's no profound quality, there's no um, uh, uh, metaphysical, right, engagement? When does prayer become, okay, I'm just reciting something that's not convicting my heart? And when does our faith cause us, like the wise man, to travel hundreds of miles, to to fall down and worship at this baby, to know the place, not just know the place, but to go to the place. And I wonder for us listening at home, where are the places in our lives, even for Christmas, where it's becoming about gifts, it's becoming about standing in line or ordering, you know, okay, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you know, those are the hallmarks rather than like we're really spending time with family and really praying for each other and, and anticipating 
God's miraculous working here and now. So I encourage us, even as we're talking about this topic, for those of us listening at home, like wrestle with how are you playing your faith out, especially in this season? Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me let me just go off on that, yeah. Sean, because it's, how, you know, how do you keep things fresh? Yeah. And how do you not let Christmas just become a consumer holiday where you get it done and then fall back into your seat and go, okay, hopefully everybody's happy and I'm good and we lose sight of the the joy and the reality of God sending his son. Yeah. And 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 it, it is what the wise men did. It's taking time to fall down and worship. Mm-hmm. Um and to, to take moments out of your day uh, and you know not just on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or to take moments and just reflect and that's why you know we encourage people to get the Christmas devotional or go yeah, into some yeah. opportunities or come on each Sunday of Advent and really let the the truth of this time and the because it's very individual reality of the of what Christ has done he's come to save me to save you to save us to, and it's an individual thing and and for us to have that connection that belonging with God and and something about all the what the wise men had studied and had thought of and anticipated dro- drove them to a point where they actually took the risk of going to visit this one. I mean, yeah. the, the miraculous star was helping, but yeah, but yeah, the, the, and then like, they <laughs> they took that moment and they worshipped. They, you know, that's what always astounds me. These mm-hmm. kingmakers, incredible, regal, royal, powerful people, bow. To worship mm. Jesus, and mm-hmm. uh, they saw it, yeah. and we can see it too, because it's all here in in Scripture, and it's taking those moments, you know, like I, like Isaiah nine uh, six to seven, you know, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and dwelling on those those words and mm. letting those moments, and I think that's what keeps it fresh. I mean, it keeps it fresh. You know that's why in a in a marriage you take moments and you go date your spouse and take special times and that those moments renew and revitalize and and the same thing with a job you know hopefully you take you know some time off and mm. renew yourself and excited about that so I mean it's just it's those moments I think yeah yeah no that's good Justin uh, I'm curious for <clears throat> so we're talking about you know these moments but also the three wise men uh, you know and, and whatever <laughs> if it was you know a group or, or whatever or just three dudes <laughs> probably not um, to get a little biblical and nerdy on us were these so I'm thinking like these were probably guys maybe associated with the exile for, from a couple hundred years prior like who were these guys and where you, you said Babylon possibly yeah I don't think we really I, I couldn't find anything definitive yeah like they, we know they're from the east um, you know the best Babylon makes sense um, but we, do, we really don't know yeah. um, we know they were into astronomy astrology to a certain degree they're stargazers yeah. to a certain degree um, they may have had depending on where they were from there may have been some Jewish um Settlements in the area where they were, had some awareness of the old Old Testament, um, but yeah, I don't think we know a ton. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. somewhat mysterious, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they seem to fit along the lines of Daniel and his friends and and the group they were trained in. But you know, we only have a little bit of that to go off of, so it's yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not certain. I wish I had a better answer for you, but no, no, that's fine. I mean, yeah, there's that's 
one of the beautiful things about you know the faith is kind of that mystery, the unknowedness, but also like the um, how can I say <laughs> the ubiquitous knowledge of the true God, you know, mm-hmm. the, that that permeates all cultures, you know, even in ancient times, you know, yeah. that that there was enough of something somewhere yeah. that that a group of people had knowledge of that pointed them to a specific moment, and like we said, the star was something. Possibly supernatural, possibly natural, right? I think Justin, you had talked about so, it. Yeah, some, something is a convergence of a. Co- but I mean, I think it's got to be supernatural at least by the time they get to Jerusalem because it's directing them to the house. And it's very kind of much like the pillar of fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think definitely, um, regardless of what it started as, it certainly ended as that. Yeah, some have said it's you know an actual star, like yeah. you know the North Star, this and something like that, because they were these group of learned people were you know looked at the stars and understood the the movements of planets and yeah. things like that but but some say it was a comet some say it was mm-hmm. some uh, atmospheric uh phenomenon like the aurora borealis you know where well, the lights came in yeah. but regardless of any of that it had a purpose yeah and its purpose was direct to direct them to jesus mm. so it 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 was miraculous. It was uh, it got them to travel. You know, if it was the many months of travel, it got them you know up out of their chairs and <laughs> yeah. assemble a whole caravan enough. to yeah. come over to Jerusalem. So that was you know, I mean, there, there's something miraculous about that. Now we don't again don't know all the story. We can speculate, and it's I think with these mysterious things like this of the Bible that. There, and there are a lot of them. There are a lot of mysterious things about it. how did that happen? What did this, what, I don't, you know, and about this star, and we can get hung up a lot on the mysterious, and it doesn't fit, and it doesn't fit in our, of course it doesn't fit, you know? I mean, we're talking about God, the hmm. eternal God who, you know, just the, the whole concept that he's not bound by time. Yeah. That one will blow your mind. Yeah. Because we can't think of anything outside of that. Because yeah. we have no experience with that. So there, there comes a point where it's a faith, you know, when you trust in that. And there was something miraculous about this star yeah. that motivated these wise people to come yeah. and to find Jesus. And it rested over, how did it rest over the house? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to, as we look to wrap up our uh, episode here, um, so uh, Pastor Mike and Justin, for our people listening at home, and, and we're touching on this already, but but how can uh, our folks renew their sense of awe this Christmas season? How can we take, you know, something like we've talked about that's, that's okay, it's a holiday, it's, it's a checklist, um, but what are some practices that we can do? Or, or, or how do we re-engage with that sense of awe in God, in the Immaculate Conception, the birth of, of God on earth, how can we go about reconnecting with that sense of awe this season? I think for me it's that <clears throat> kind of what we were talking about earlier with that idea of the kind of more liturgical traditions and how that can be devoid of meaning at, at times and we want to seek that personal connection with God. And I really think there's value in both of those. I, I would say that to engage yourself in the life of the church as much as possible. Um, and it's more possible than you think. Mm, like yeah. you do need to do the daily 
time with the Lord, and that's critical. Um, and then there's the opportunity to come together together and worship and small groups and, and service and all of those things. They all work together to kind of help us keep those two together because there's going to be times where we are engaging daily and, and there's not a spark. There's no awe. Um, and you need to push through dry times. Like I'm sure when the Magi were 300 miles into their journey, they're like, why are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like there's, there's, so there's times where it, we just need to persevere, yeah. you know, kind of dark night of the soul kind of stuff where we aren't feeling like we are engaging God, but we are, and we need to trust that we are. And that's where I think there's kind of the strength in the liturgical tradition is it keeps you moving forward even if you're not feeling it. Yeah. But if you never feel it, then you got a problem. And and that's why I think we need the life of the church and others pouring yeah. into us and and corporate worship and all of those things kind of working together mm-hmm. to help us cultivate that. But but in terms of the Christmas season, come to Christmas Eve service, you know, yeah. take those times to catch your breath and um, remember what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know that we can escape the craziness of our culture completely. Um, yeah. But uh, we can make sure we put Jesus first in it. So yeah, and to feel that that there's something about Christmas Eve services that always gets me, and like it's good to embrace that. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like that's that's a warm special thing. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's all of that. I actually we can maybe put this in the show notes about I I wrote a blog post on this, and we can give you the link to that about the essence, the enjoying awe this Christmas, and it, it is it is taking time and and reflecting on the greatness and immenseness of God looking at who he is and about him and uh, and then our connection with him and interacting in a Christmas Eve service, a Sunday time, a time in, personally a time in God's word, rereading some of these stories and let awe come. Yeah. It it what well, you know the killers of awe is uh is stress. Mm. Uh it's busyness. Yeah. It's uh, always having to be onto the next thing and just sitting there and letting the grandeur soak in. You know, like you you can go uh, run by the Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh, that's great! One glance and go. Or you can sit there and stand there and just be in awe. Thank you for joining us for the Revive Podcast. As always, we encourage you to share this episode with a friend, especially if you think it might be helpful for them. And you can subscribe to our channel to keep up to date on these types of conversations. You can find us on iTunes or other places that you find your podcast. And to learn more about the content that we talked about today, you can check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. And you can also find us on our Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube. You can search Neighborhood Church of Cyprus or Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos. That's where we are online. Also, we would love to hear from you guys. Seriously, I'm in my office and I'm just like, I don't hear from anybody, but I could hear from you if you take the opportunity to sit down and write us an email at connect at neighborhoodchurch.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at neighborhoodchurch.com. Hope to see you guys next time. Until then, we pray that God revives your soul.